0: I want to welcome you this morning to Mercy Culture Church, where the vision of Mercy Culture is to take people from corporate encounters with God to daily personal encounters with God. And the way that we do that is through a process that we call MC Connect. And you just saw a little bit about that in that video. MC Connect is where we help you to determine how you best connect with the Lord, because we believe that there is one way to God, and that is through Jesus, but in Jesus, there are many ways that you can connect with the Lord. And Pastor Jordan said it while the video was playing. He said, This is literally breaking people out of the boxes of religion. Because I believe that a lot of times the church, the capital C church, has done a disservice to a lot of us in sort of implying that we must connect with God the way that the pastor or the worship leader connects with God. But some of you connect with God like the woman on that video does, and through expression, and some of you through conversation, and there are so many ways that you can connect with the Lord, and we want to help you discover how you best connect with God. So if you want to learn more about that, if you want to become part of Mercy Culture Church, or Learn about the the culture of our church, our vision, our values, our unique characteristics and leadership standards. Just text the word CONNECT to the number on your screen to 59090. You'll get a link sent back to you, and uh, we'd love to just walk and steward you through that process. Um, I'm so excited that my beautiful wife is going to be coming to deliver the word this morning, and everybody always asks me, um, is she always that sweet? Cause if you've ever met Nikki, you know she's so sweet and so kind. And I just wanna give you a little story. She's laughing cause she knows what's coming. So I've been out of town for for several days and I got back late last night and we just moved to Waco. Hey. <laughs> Finally got here to the city, moved last Monday. And so we moved Monday. I flew out early, early Wednesday morning. And so just kind of getting back in the houses Getting there and things a little bit disheveled, you know how it is. And and we I get in at like 2 30 in the morning, took a red eye and got in super late. We're in bed, we're talking, I'm telling her all about this stuff, and then I'm falling asleep. Like, all right, we'll talk tomorrow. It's an awesome night. It's about 3 a.m. We start dozing off. And Nikki goes, What is that? What is that at the end of the bed? Like, what? What? She goes, right there, right there. She flips the light on and she's crawling up the wall, just freaking out. What is that? What is that? And I look and there's a spider about this big. I mean, we're talking African one bite and you're dead, like from the zoo kind of a spider. So my heart is somewhere in my left big toe at this point and I'm like trying to be you know manly like I can handle it so I'm like it's okay babe we got this all right she's like ah! she's crawling up the wall I'm like all right I'm gonna go get my shoe don't leave don't leave I'm like I better go over there and grab my shoe she please don't leave me please don't leave me and I'm, I'm shaking you know but trying to be trying to be tough so I go to grab my shoe and then she busts out laughing it's a fake spider y'all She put a fake spider on the end of my bed, waited hours, <laughs> made me a glass of water, talked to me about what God was doing. We dreamed, we talked about good things, and look at the Lord, and she had this just sincere, beautiful look on her face. We finally go to sleep, and then she lied to me. Uh, you almost lost your pastor on on Saturday morning I almost went on to be with Jesus so that's who's preaching this morning so is she always this sweet no but most of the time let's put our hands together I love you (laughs) baby
1: I can't help it (laughs) y'all It was too easy. (laughs) It was too easy. We're here. Oh my gosh. I was telling him last night, I said, There is something about when God promised the children of Israel the land, but there was something else when they actually went in to possess it. And we are on the land, we are here. It is amazing. I cannot tell you the feeling that I have in my heart. I am, I'm a little overwhelmed, man. Okay. So this year, the word of the, of the year is the year of expanding territory. We just heard it on this video. The prayer is Jabez called upon the God of Israel saying, Oh, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my borders and my territory and that your hand might be with me and that you would keep me from harm or evil so that it might not bring me pain. And God granted what he asked I didn't want to just go past this part. We open most of our sermons with this just as a reminder and to just go over and just remind ourselves what the Lord is saying about this year. But this is a word that we pray in our daily encounters every single day. And if you're not, I encourage you, make this one of the first things that you start praying over your family and over your life. But... I felt impressed to encourage you to stop on it, to meditate on it, and to change his name to you. You can say I. You don't have to speak in the third person. But to just claim it as your word. But yesterday as I was preparing, I was getting super, super frustrated because I could not collect my thoughts. And I knew what the Lord had placed on my heart to speak on but I couldn't get it in a cohesive um, order. And I'm just getting so frustrated. And I'm like, okay, I'm just going to go back up to the top and I'm going to start reading again. I'm going to start from the beginning of the prayer. I'm going to put myself in it. And so I started to pray the prayer again. And I said, I called upon the God of Israel saying, oh, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my borders and my territory and that your hand might be with me and that you would keep me from harm and evil so that it might not bring me pain. And God granted what he asked, (coughs) excuse me. Now, when I got to this point, it leapt in my spirit. I heard it again, and God granted what he asked. I felt the Lord prompt me in a question. He said, what did you minister on for Mother's Day? And my message for Mother's Day was expanding spiritual territory through sonship and authority. And I heard the Lord ask me, did you ask? I'm like, Lord, I didn't ask. Here, I just spoke on being a daughter of the king and taking authority. So I got up from my seat and I began to pace through the living room and I began to speak with authority over my mind that it will live, that it will not die, that every thought will become captive, that I will put on the mind of Christ and every word that the Lord wants to speak will be what sticks. What territory are you believing the Lord to expand in your life? He says to come boldly. We do that by becoming his sons and his daughters, and it's done through intimacy. I don't know if you guys have met Georgia yet, but Georgia was the one that was trying to walk up on the stage. This child is bold. There is no asking if she can do something. She busts through the door and walks right in and does what it is that she wants to do. This is the way that we have to be with the Lord. He said, if you're my son and my daughter, you come boldly. You ask, you speak with authority over your life. We have to do that. Like I said just a minute ago about taking territory. The Israelites were given it as a gift, but until they actually crossed the line and took authority, it wasn't their land. So just this week, as you're going over this, possess the territory, the territory that the Lord has given to you. I want you to go boldly and speak life over it. Okay, let's go to the word. We're going to go to 1 Peter 2, 4. If you have your Bibles open, if you have your phone, go to the Bible app. And I encourage you to highlight this scripture. First Peter two, four says, And you come to him a living stone rejected by man, but in the sight of God chosen and precious, you yourselves like living stones are being built up as spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For it stands in scripture, behold, I am laying in Zion, a stone, a cornerstone, chosen and precious, and whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. So the honor is for you who believe. You have to believe. So the honor is for you who believe in him, will not be put to shame. Sorry, I went back one. The stone that the builder rejected has become the cornerstone and a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. They stumbled because they disobeyed the word and they were as they were destined to do. But you are a chosen race a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellences of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Beloved, I urge you as soldiers in exile to abstain from the possess- from the power passions of the flesh which wage war against your soul. Keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable, so that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of visitation. The title of my message today is Expanding Territory Through Priesthood. We're expanding territory by being the priesthood, ministering unto the Lord, prophesying, subduing the land, and staying rooted in the living water. Let's pray. Father, right now, we just give you this whole room, Lord. We just ask that you speak whatever it is that you want to speak, Father. If there's anything, Lord, that's not of you, we just ask that it falls to the wayside. You have the whole room. There is no spirit except the Holy Spirit welcomed in this room today, Lord God. Speak to us, Lord. Your servants are listening. In Jesus' name, amen. The Lord said we were his chosen race, a royal priesthood. What does it mean to be a royal priest or a part of a royal priesthood? To understand the priesthood, let's go to Genesis, where we find the very first priests. Humankind, it starts with Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve were made in the image of God to to participate in worship to the Lord and to fellowship with him. Genesis 1.26 says, Then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. So we were created as his image bearers to expand territory in heaven, bringing heaven into earth. This is what we're called to do, to tend and to guard the garden, bringing worship to our king in spirit and in truth, and to subdue the land. The garden was the first temple and altar. This is, this is what he's giving us. This is a picture of what he's giving us, of what's to come. The job of the priest is ministering to the Lord. It's our first and most important job that we can do. There is nothing more, impar- more important than bringing the Lord all that is worth him, all of his glory. It's building the altar of worship and sacrifice to him. This is what we do when we come in here. And I love how the Lord puts people in unity when we stay in his word and we stay in our daily encounters every day. We didn't talk this week. We were busy moving and I was we like to connect before service on Sunday, but we just did not get a chance to connect. And the, everything they sang this morning was unto him. It was worship. It was bringing him his worth. So when we come in here prepared with an offering and a sacrifice of praise to him, he comes and he shows up. Do you feel it when you come in here? Do you feel it when you walk in the room, the difference in the atmosphere when we come in, even though we may have things on our heart, we may have heaviness, we may, there may be things going on throughout the week, but when we come in and we lay it at his feet and we give him his worth, it's like none of that matters. And we know that God is the biggest thing in all of the universe and he has us. And I just love the feeling that I get when I walk in this room. I'm just, I'm so glad to be here, y'all. It's because it's coming from a place of overflow. This is our daily encounters. If you are here long enough, I promise you won't get sick of it, but we say it every single time we come together. Every single time we come together because it is everything. We cannot survive without our daily encounter with the Lord. Being faithful, praying, and always having your lamps trimmed and burning with extra oil so that you are made ready for the bridegroom when he comes. Matthew 25 speaks of the parable of the ten virgins. And if you grew up in church and you've heard this parable... If you haven't, I'm going to give you a little snippet of it. But in the parable of the 10 virgins, the ones who did not do this were called foolish. And I don't know about you, but this is one area that I do not want to be called foolish in. They missed the bridegroom because they were not prepared, thinking they could borrow from somebody else's daily encounter when the, the Lord told them to get ready. And there were 10 of them. Five of them were ready, five of them were not. Five brought extra oil with them. But they all fell asleep. Nobody was left out of that. Every one of them fell asleep. But when they woke, they trimmed their lamps. There is something in that. We have to trim our lamps. If we do not trim our lamps, the light will not reflect and shine the way that it's supposed to do. It will be dim and no one in the world will be able to tell us apart from them. Trim your lamp. Allow the Lord to burn all of those things to the surface and cut it off so that it's bright, so that we can reflect and take take territory with the torches, bringing them to the people that are in darkness. Trim your lamps. When we were looking at trying to find a building... The Lord had spoke to Pastor Les in prayer one morning, and he said, I have built an altar in in Waco. Go find it. So that was what our mission was when we came. We weren't looking for the most beautiful building. We weren't looking for the largest building. We came in praying and searching for the altar. And I don't know if you guys have gotten a chance to go over in the building at all yet, but... When we drove past this building, this is not where we were going, where we're going down the street and we saw the, the building on the side and we were drawn to it. We were with Pastor Landon and Pastor Heather and we pulled up in the parking lot. We're like, what is this? We just felt this drawing. Well, we went about our day, came back, finally got an opportunity to come in the building. And sure enough, somebody had started building inside of this building, building it as a church. There was already a platform being built, a place where they were going to have all of the chairs and an altar space in between. And we came in and we asked the Lord, where do you want us? And this is where he said, this is where the altar is for us. We are in active pursuit of his presence. And for heaven to be established in the earth and in Waco. In Genesis 2.15, the Lord took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to till it, and to keep it. In Hebrew, the literal translation, translation of till and to keep is to work and to guard. In Numbers 18 it says, "And you and your sons with you shall guard your priesthood for all that concerns the altar and that within the veil, and you shall serve and work. I give your priesthood as a gift." It is a gift to get to bring the king his worth. This is what we are called to do as priests. We as image bearers and carriers of his presence are the ones who tend to the fire and the ones who will carry the torches into dark places. The word presence in Hebrew is penam, which translates to face, implying a close personal encounter with the Lord. With the garden, the Lord was giving us a picture of the temple to come and the temple that would be within us. Adam and Eve had intimacy with the Lord. And through intimacy with God, the kingdom of heaven would expand into the whole earth without intimacy. Without our daily encounters, we cannot expand heaven into the whole earth. Without intimacy, we cannot speak with authority, calling that which is not as if it were. The Lord gave Adam the authority to speak and name on his behalf. God could have done it himself. He didn't need us, but he gifted Adam the authority to speak and to claim things not as if they were. He assigned names which assigns authority. I spoke about it on Mother's Day, speaking as if a dog came in in the room you would feel one kind of way. Dog carries a certain weight. But if I said lion... A lions in the room. It would be like the spider in our bedroom. (laughs) We would go crawling up the walls trying to get away from this lion because lion carries a different weight. He gave him that authority. Adam walked in three roles that, that flowed from divine sonship because of his relationship with the Lord. He got to flow in these. He walked as a prophet. We are called to walk as prophets naming and declaring. He walked as a king of the territory the Lord gave him by guarding and protecting it. If you've seen any movie about a king and his land, he will do anything to protect his land. And most of the time in the movies, it shows the king at the very front. You would think the king would be hiding and allowing everybody else to be killed before he gets up there. But he is the first one on the front line. Be on the front line. Be present in your territory. And he walked as a priest, ministering worship unto the Lord, tending to him, tilling and keeping the garden, the very first temple. They walked, Adam and Eve, with him in the cool of the day. From all of this this is where the river flows. Ezekiel 47:9 says, "It will come about that every living creature which swarms in every place where the river goes will live." So everything will live where the river goes. Not just any old river but a river of living water that gives life to all that it touches. God always intended for a river to flow from the temple. It flowed out of the garden of of Eden as described in Genesis. And it flowed with great description from both Ezekiel's vision in Ezekiel 47 and John's vision in Revelation. And when they rebuilt or when they built the first Um, temple, if you study it, there were carvings even in the wood. And the way that they laid everything out was to resemble what the garden was described to be. It was, study it. It's amazing to see how the Lord just, it's just amazing. (laughs) Under the new covenant made possible by the blood of Jesus and the gift that is the Holy Spirit, we are the new temples of the living God, made manifest in and through us. We are the walking temples of the Holy Spirit where his living water flows. I felt impressed to ask you, What are you consuming? I know how scary the world is today. I cannot spend a lot of time reading the news. I get so upset and so anxious about what's going on around me. What are you allowing in and what are you pouring out? You can tell when, when you've passed someone who has been daily encountering. You can't walk past them. It is slushing, it is overflowing. Oh my gosh, let me tell you what the Lord said to me. You cannot help but be overflowing with that. And I'm not saying don't be informed. This is part of what I'm speaking on. Be informed so that you can, with your authority, in the territory that has been given to us, that is Waco, Texas, that we can take authority and call things not as if they were. John seven thirty seven. 37 says, Now on the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture said, from his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. And in John 4:14, 4, he says, but whoever drinks of the water that I will give him shall never thirst. But the water that I will give him will become in him a well of water springing up to eternal life. Life is bursting forth in those drinking his living water. When we are fully operating in our priestly calling, bringing worship and praise and praying to him, his living water becomes a river of life to all that it touches. You cannot help it. You are bringing him. Sorry. He said, he who drinks of me will have the river flowing out of them. And he who drinks that water I give them will have a wellspring of living water flowing out of them. There is still so much to be done on this earth before his return. But I've come to remind you today that it is easy in his presence our first ministry is unto the Lamb who sits on the throne. Band, can you come up? Even the angels circled around the throne, calling the Lord holy, 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 holy. They couldn't help but call him holy, holy, holy. I believe that as they circle around the throne, that the Lord, the way that he turns, that he's revealing a different facet of himself. And this is the reason why they call him holy in a new way every time they come around the throne and why it does not get old. It's because he reveals a different facet of himself. When we reside in this place of ministering unto him, Letting our roots go deep, letting that living water go deep within us, we become the tree in Ezekiel 47, 12. It says, by the river on its bank, on one side and on the other will grow all kinds of trees for food. Their leaves will not wither and their fruit will not fail they will bear every month because their water flows from the temple and their fruit will be for food and their leaves for healing. Deliverance is easy in his presence. Healing is easy in his presence. Boldness is easy in his presence and freedom is easy in his presence. Will you get in the river, into the water of our living King? John described almost the same vision in Revelations 22, one 1 through 2. This is amazing because this is at two different times in history, and they have the same vision. He said, Then he showed me a river of water of life, clear as crystal coming from the throne of God and of the Lamb in the middle of the street on either side of the river was the tree of life bearing 12 kinds of fruit yielding its fruit every month and the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations we are all called to bring healing to the nations and it is done by bringing him his worth first When we walk with him, when we stay rooted in his living water, this is how we take living water to the thirsty. Jesus has placed the garden within us. We are the temple. Will you minister unto him and be presence carriers, bringing his living water to the nations yourself? You say, I can't go to the nations, I don't have a way. Look around this room. Think about the people that you can touch. Think about the people that you get to minister to. Think about when you go into the grocery store and there's this man or this woman standing over to the side, and all of a sudden the Lord speaks to you and said, Go give them a word something to tell them. You are expanding territory and they may be that very person that is about to get on a plane and head to the nations. And because of your obedience and your word, you are going too. My father said that he wished that that was a call in his life. He said, it's just not for me. And one day the Lord prompted him to go up to a guy that was at our church who was a missionary. He used to go to, to um, Nepal. He'd go to the bush where nobody else would go. Literally people getting killed on either, either side of the road from mountain lions and tigers. But he would go and he would walk. They would come down from the mountaintops and he would preach to them the love of Jesus. He ministered to them, changed lives, thousands of lives, started churches, My dad got prompted one day to go and give him a check. And it was exactly what he needed for his trip. And my dad would struggle and feel like he didn't hear from the Lord the way that my mom did. And I think his name was Jay. Yes. Jay was his name. And he looked at my dad and he said, you're coming to the nations with me. And my dad was like, what? He said, do you realize that you're touching the nations? by allowing me to go into the places where nobody else will go. You provided a resource for me to get there. You are going to the nations. I just remember my dad's heart. That meant everything to him, that he got to play a small part in that, but it wasn't a small part at all. It was a huge part because lives were changed in Nepal because he got to preach the gospel, because he had resources to go. So don't, don't lessen yourself if you're not the one on the plane. Be the one in the grocery store. Be the one in the street. This has been a prayer of mine and Pastor Les's life. Um, We've been commissioned to bring his living water into dead, dry wasteland. And it's become like a mandate to us and now it's a mandate to Mercy Culture Waco as well. And it's to cry out, dry bones come alive. Dry bones come alive. As I was preparing for this, I felt, I could feel it guys felt a rattling I felt a shaking in the foundation of the earth the Lord is wanting to burst forth with his rivers of living water that will bring the dead bones to life in Isaiah thirty-four nineteen, he says behold I am doing a new thing now it springs forth do you not perceive it I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Will you not perceive it? I just kept hearing this over. Will you not perceive it? Will you look up again? Even if the cloud is the size of a man's hand, will you believe for his outpouring on this earth in our city? Will you go back and look again, not giving up and growing weary, but continuing to stay in the posture of watching and waiting for him? Will you perceive it? Will you look again? Will you walk out to the end of the mountain and look again and wait in anticipation? The spirit of expectancy is the breeding ground for miracles. We are are giving that, Lord. We give you the whole room. We are expecting, we are coming, expecting for you to wreck our city, Lord. I have been in a place of studying, being in the water, but I didn't want to just speak on being in the water if that wasn't the burden for today. But as I was praying and asking the Lord for his heart before I began to study, and it was instant I couldn't stand up, I fell to my face in the room that I was studying in, and I felt this urgency to repent. So I began to cry out before the Lord, repenting. And to be honest with you, I didn't even know what I was repenting for. I just felt repent, just repent. Then, up in my spirit, I heard the Lord say, You're not subduing the land.
2: so sorry, Lord.
1: Here I am sharing with everyone to recognize your sonship and your daughtership, to carry the authority in this city and we're not subduing the land. We have grown so comfortable coming in here and staying in our homes and our daily encounters that we have not been subduing the land. We have not been speaking with authority calling things out. I didn't just come to tell you to step into your role as a priesthood or to go deeper and be rooted in his living water. I felt the burden to tell you to be the priesthood, minister unto the Lord, bring him what is worth him, take authority that he has given and prophesy. We are all called to prophesy. Every single one of us, no no matter where you have come from, no matter where you have been, you are called to prophesy and subdue the land. And I can tell you from personal experience, I was not raised in church. And if anybody could be disqualified from this, It would be me. The things that I did, I literally ran from the Lord. I wanted nothing to do with him. But God is so good that he literally leaves the 99 for the one. And I was the one and you are the one. You cannot get too far from him. So today, I don't know if you want to get up and walk around. I don't know if you want to stand up with your family in a circle, if you want to go to somebody, if you have a word for them. But I feel the need to stand up and begin to open our mouths and prophesy to this land. Subdue
2: the land. Will you cry out with me right now? Will you step out and subdue it? Cry out and call forth healing in our land. Call the healing wells that have laid dormant in this city. Cry out for honor to be restored here, for reconciliation with men and women in our government, for reconciliation with race. Repent for what has been done on this land, for not operating in the authority that he has so freely given us. We want his kingdom